We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Happy Labor Day. It's Monday morning after a god-awful weekend against the Baltimore Orioles. No other way to put it. You lose two out of three at home. Easily could have been swept if not for the extra inning win on Friday. I fully blame you, Scott, for, for this. The the Yankees are 9-7 and seven against the Orioles, which is unacceptable. They're going to lose over 100 games this season. And the Orioles have had the most success against any team against the New York Yankees this year. Seven wins. That's the most success they've had against any opponent in Major League Baseball is the New York Yankees. Yeah, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. You can't possibly blame me for this one because it's like the third year running where I have actually uh, said that the Yankees should sweep this team through the season. And and I'm not wrong. I'm not wrong. This is talk, we're talking about a game, not practice. I just watched some uh, some Ted Lasso, by the way. I'm catching up on that. And obviously he referred to the great Iverson uh, press conference. That was awesome. Um, but absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. The, the Rays are doing it. Why can't the Yankees do it? The Rays are doing it, so therefore, why can't the Yankees do it? The Yankees the have Red done Sox it the past couple of years. Too. This is a bad team. It's not, it's not a different team. It's a very, very bad team. Just watched their AAA uh, play last night, too. They were bad. They're just bad overall. It's a bad organization. There's no reason the Yankees shouldn't win every single game against this uh, this franchise. So Everybody is mopping the floor with the Orioles. The Red Sox scored 30 runs in three games and swept them a couple weeks ago. Okay, everybody is just absolutely demolishing the Orioles. And it's not just, Michael Kay pointed this out on the Sunday broadcast. It's not just the fact that the Yankees are 9-7, and seven, which, is, which is terrible. It's that these games are closely contested. And they're yeah. slogs. They're long, they're long games. Like, but that's what every game is for the Yankees this year. They're, they're in so many of these not, tightly though, contested games. Tightly contested is one thing, but 
they're out there battling the Orioles like it's like it's the Rays like you're it, like it's do or die every pitch. Like this is a, a minor league team that that I mean the lineup is better much better than the pitching staff. Their offense was just, their offense fun, was surprisingly whatever. putting up numbers when you look at the individual stats. So but Mullins is like, good. Two guys, two pitchers I absolutely never heard of no hitting the Yankees into the seventh inning on on Saturday. Like what is going on? How 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 is this happening? Is a total reversion? Is that a word? Reversion to the first half of baseball. That's what this weekend looked like. Yeah, pretty no, much. It's, that's what it's looked like since the thirteen game win streak ended. Frankly, it's true. It's true. It's uh, it's almost like it was a ruse. It's like haha, just kidding. This thirteen game. I was talking to who was I talking to? I was I was talking to multiple people over the uh, about this team over text message as well because it's just it's infuriating. But when you're looking at when you're looking at what this what this team is, and I know that we've we've given some some pat, pats on the back to Aaron Boone over the past month because of what has happened since really the trade deadline. Since the All-Star break. We'll go back to the All-Star break, fine. Go back to the All-Star break. Dealing with, with COVID in a, in a much larger capacity it's, it, to hit this team immediately. And then you get a couple extra players over and, and the team just seemingly had changed. The, the, the energy around the team was different. Just like there were a lot of things different. The team was actually playing very well. In fact, they were going scorched earth on, on everybody else. 13 games in a row. Is it is it fair to say that unless this team is going scorched earth and nothing matters, absolutely nothing matters because their talent is actually showing all at the same time and they go scorched earth, that they have a very difficult time. Uh, I have zero confidence in anything because if Aaron Boone has to be involved in the game at all and really just like have some kind of an integral piece of this, that, that we're doomed because that's the way it feels. That's the way it feels after they cool down a little bit Still should be winning some of these games. Like, these were tightly contested games where, in fact, the Yankees should win all three. You said they could have been swept all three. That's true, but they also should have probably won all three because they're not a good team uh, on the other side. So, it's... I don't know what... Still, again, we're in September, September 6th, and I have no idea what this team is. That's the scary thing. It's that we thought the 13-game win streak was kind of a market correction in the sense that the team had been mediocre all season and then the 13 game win streak even though maybe a couple games broke their way it was a market correction right and we're like okay now after that win streak you just settle in and play good baseball for the rest of the season and you secure the top wild card spot and you move into the playoffs but it's just extremes it's one it's it's just too polarizing this team it's far too polarizing it's one end where they're like you said scorched earth or another end where they can't beat baltimore i i, I don't understand i i have no clue what this team is, like you just said, no clue. I don't know how anyone can. And and there's other concerns as well. Loizaga's injury is a massive blow to Huge. this team. Yeah, he was the as we said, pretty much the only reliable bullpen arm for, since the beginning of the season that they've had. Britain has been non-existent all season, and when he wasn't injured, he was bad. Chapman has been a wild card pretty much. Chad Green, do you have confidence in Chad Green? In a close game, if he's if he's if the ball's in his hand and he's determining that game, I mean it's really hard to do that. I have more confidence in him than a lot of guys in the in the, sure, uh, in the he's bullpen. The, he's at the top of the pecking order. Clay Holmes has become has scooched his way all the way to the, the, the top pretty much too because But none of these guys give me confidence. None of these guys I roll out there in a one run game in the in the seventh, eighth, or ninth inning and I'm like, Cool, 
we got it. No, no, no sweat here. Everything is going to be grinded out, sweated out. Yeah, I mean that's just. I think that's the way it is. You know who's you know who's pitching really well and and was nasty in AAA, Luis Heel, doing 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 things for no, no reason in, in, in other in other places on other mounds, not with the New York Yankees. For some reason, he's pitching in another place. Even though the Yan- Yankees actually control that contract, control his movements, control the things that he does, he's pitching somewhere else. Smart, is, smart baseball. It, it's it's a disservice to the organization and the fans. That it's Andrew a disservice Heaney, to the fans, is what it is. Absolutely, Andrew the organization has a roster can, spot. Yes, Andrew I know. Heaney has a roster spot and is pitching in yeah. a one-run ball game, and Luis Heel is pitching in Scranton. It's right. it, it's unacceptable. It's absolutely unacceptable, and and they're they're, they're talking about Luis Heel about being stretched out, getting these uh, getting the starters innings, getting the starters workload. Do it in the Bronx. Do it in the freaking Bronx. The fact that 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 Heaney look, I know Boone was out of the game at that point, but you know he's still making those calls on Andrew Heaney Even coming in. Even if he's in. not, though, so I tweeted out. It's funny. Gary Sanchez hits the two-run home run to put him up three runs, and uh, there's like a little playground, like a five-minute walk from our house, and we have been meaning to take Harrison there because we wanted to put him on the swing. I was like, all right, three-run lead. Seems like the Yankees are gonna have. It. I'll just pop the game on my phone. Listen to John and Susan. And before we even made it to the playground, um, and, and I'm hearing Andrew Heaney's just meltdown. I'm like, oh god, here we go. I tweeted, "Don't be mad at Andrew Heaney." Be mad at Brian Cashman for keeping him on this roster and be mad at Aaron Boone for continuing to pitch him. And I understand that Aaron Boone had been ejected from that game. However, it's not just yesterday. It's he keeps Aaron getting Boone's opportunities. Aaron Boone's still making calls. And the after game. the game, did you hear what Aaron Boone said after the game about Andrew Heaney? Yeah, he, he, said he, felt, he said he felt like he was a victim of some soft contact and he still is going to get his chances to prove. Like, what are we doing? doing if we can't say we've seen enough of Andrew Heaney at this point it is September 6th the Yankees are fighting for their playoff lives and he is the worst pitcher on the roster he does not deserve to pitch anymore no he doesn't he absolutely does not every single time he comes in it's it's uh we we know what's going to happen the game is going to change in a very bad way. So there's no reason for it. The fact that Luis Hill is, is, is pitching, it just it, when I see the stat lines, when I see people tweeting about how well he's doing, it just it just aggravates me and pisses me off. And uh, I'm looking squarely at the Yankees brass, the Yankees manage. What are, what what are you possibly seeing here that makes any kind of sense? Because it doesn't make sense. It's not a difficult decision either. This is not difficult. This is not a hard choice. This is a very easy choice. It was so many things went wrong in Sunday's game. It was a, it was a four plus hour game. First of yeah. all, <laughs> first of all, I think yeah. Sunday afternoon, it was like a gross day out. It's just like I I I felt like all day I was just watching that game. Glaber's the play that Glaber Torres didn't make in the sixth inning when it's a routine ground ball, and uh, who I forget who who was was it? No Mullins. It wasn't was Mullins. Run? It wasn't um, Mullins. It was. No, I know. Uh, Mullins hit the home run off of yeah. Abreu, but uh, yeah. Yeah, Goody, yeah. it was Gutierrez. Whoever, whoever it was running, he's a, he's a fast. He he's a. Uh, you should know. It doesn't matter. It you know you know what? I don't know his name. You don't know his name. That's Goodyear. a good it's reason. But guess Goodyear's. what? Guess what? 
Glaber should know who he is. Glaber should have a, a profile on him. Glaber should know exactly what he's going to do and how fast he's probably going to get that down line. At least have an idea. The fact that he took his sweet ass time. You know, I remember the 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 um the absolute rage from people when A-Rod would double pump. This dude doesn't even double pump. He just he just lollygags and waits and just like takes his sweet ass time and then loops one over. I mean, yeah. there was arc in that ball. I've seen yep. Glaber recently throw some absolute missiles over to first. Couple couple turns uh, where he's coming across the bag. He lets that thing fly and he shows off the arm that he has. He's got a very very good arm, and so he just that, chooses that was not to use it in that way because it's a mental 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 mistake. It was is a domino effect. That play he doesn't make. And then Abreu gives up the two-run home run to Mullins. Now, you can't completely excuse the two-run home run. You shouldn't be giving up two-run home runs. But shouldn't have been in that inning anymore. Which means he had to throw more pitches. Which means he could not come out for the seventh inning. Which means Andrew Heaney pitched the seventh inning. Which means he gave up four runs and the Yankees lost the game. It was like a domino effect from the just boneheaded fall asleep moment, fall asleep moment that Glaber Torres had. I'm done. I'm done with Glaber Torres. This I, I don't see a reason to continue to put him in the lineup. He's not hitting. Okay, he, his bat is not worth it right now to put him in the lineup for his awful defense. Play Velasquez. Play uh, Tyler, Tyler Wade. Wade. His name is Tyler Wade. Play somebody other than Glaber Torres at shortstop because he's a bad shortstop and he makes stupid mental mistakes. See, one of the problems with this team, we're, we're, we're back to a construction problem again. When you have Urshela and Glaber back in the lineup now, you're looking at a uh, the, not, not as much Urshela, but more so Glaber. The fact that he doesn't hit and, and you're looking at that, that type of profile for him to um, come in there and be complimentary in the lineup, he's not complimentary in the lineup right now, not, not even a little bit. Whereas you have a guy like Tyler Wade who's hitting um, and – you know, but but also gives you some defense, but also is is he doesn't need to be a superstar. Like it it just Velasquez playing out there doesn't need to be a superstar at shortstop. It needs to be a guy that can play the position well, do the do the small things, run the bases. Not every single position needs to be that that superstar type caliber player. Uh and and it's like at this point, if Glaber doesn't I mean you can't you can't just end the Glaber experiment right now. Like you're saying you're done with him, you're done with it. You can't just end it right now. But if he does, if he doesn't show that he's that he's doing something, you know, in in the next week or so, you, you gotta make some serious decisions. But even in the in the mid in the in the midterm, while you're waiting for that, he doesn't need to play every single day. You can mix in some things. You can send some messages. This is where the he manager should have been pulled out of yesterday's game. This is he where the manager been benched after that game. Yeah, after, the manager after, has he to benched after that play. He needs to be taken out off the field after that play because the message needs to be: you yes. don't fall asleep at shortstop. You, you don't cannot. fall asleep at shortstop, Glaber. If you want to be a shortstop, you can't fall asleep when you're out there. Aaron Boone has to do has to fix this. This is this is this goes back down to the. This is a very much a managerial problem, and he's got to adjust and make himself available to these guys so that they have some accountability. It goes back to accountability. We kept talking about that in the first half, and now you're right. When when it, when it, that's a bonehead play from a guy that's not a rookie, not a young guy anymore. He's he's supposed to be making that play. He he knows the situation. He should know who the runner is. And yes, it it essentially was a domino effect for six runs. I think you got to end the Glaber at shortstop experiment for this season because he's not 
what this team needs for the rest of this season. He's hitting 255, awful. He's slugging 350, awful. He's got a 90 WRC plus, awful. And he's a bad shortstop. What does he provide to this team? Yeah, he's uh, the thought, the potential. That's what he is. That's what he provides. But, okay, last year, league average hitter as well. We're no, he, at, he has he has disappeared for two years. We're at, a, so between last year, 42 games, this year, 102 games. We're at a full season's worth of, of mediocrity. I, I got nothing for you. I mean, Boone's not going to do it. That's the thing. Like, if he's available and, and healthy, Boone's going to put him out there on a, on a pretty regular basis, no matter if he's playing well or not. It, I don't think there's an accountability factor here that says, okay, you're not playing well. The guy that's really, really hungry or the other guy that's been in the organization for 50 years and is finally starting to actually play well, they're not going to play because you're the anointed one. You're the one that's supposed to be playing. You're the one that everybody wants to succeed. What is he anointed for at this point? You can't call you're him nothing. the anointed shortstop. He's, um, but he is in the organization. 2019... He uh, he hit the thirty eight home runs. Yes, there was a, he, a he had a power surge, and since he was then, he was the he was the shortstop in two thousand and nineteen. Okay, since then he he's been bad. So I, I don't know why you just say he's still the anointed shortstop. I'm I'm not saying that that's what I'm saying. I'm saying that the organization I think still thinks that unless we got Andrew Volpe coming up um, in in the next year, which. The kid's on the fast track. Who knows? But yeah, that, I mean, that, that's exactly what the situation is right now. Tell me why he's playing otherwise. Yeah. I, it, it's, uh, and it, you can't put, he's the not the best game. shortstop on the team, like at all. He, we know he's not the best defensive shortstop. And right now, with the way Tyler Wade has been playing over the last month, he's not the best offensive shortstop. Bottom line, like it is what it is. You, we, we can laugh about Tyler Wade all we want. Laugh about Tyler Wade being this this guy that's been a frustrating dude forever and ever. But he's playing extremely well. And he's played well when when given the opportunity to be in the, uh, the, the lineup and in the game more consistently. He's shown, at least recently, that his bat is is not... Is, he's, his bat is good for what he... He's adjusted. He's made those adjustments and become a, um, a, a valuable piece. I will say it. He's been a valuable piece. So that keeps him off the field now with Glaber. That's the conversation we're having. Yeah, it, and Gary had the massive offensive day on Sunday, the grand slam and the two-run home run. Otherwise, the team did nothing offensively. Uh, they left seven on base as a team. Voight was terrible in, in, in some big spots. Um, and so it's just, I don't know, Gallo's been struggling. Gallo's been struggling. What, Gallo, what? Gallo is exactly who we thought he was going to be. Gallo is a guy who 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 either hits a moon moonbeam or strikes out ninety five times. He looks lost half the time, and then when he connects it, you're like, "My God, that was majestic and beautiful." He's still taking yeah, his walks under under two hundred as a, as a Yankee for batting yeah. average. I just I don't I don't understand how this team won thirteen games in a row and then can do this. I don't get it. I mean, yeah, and we watched those games too. The, those games, things were going the way of the Yankees. They were hitting. They were they were pitching. They were. Th- when you look at the Orioles series and you break it down to the way that uh, I mean, obviously it was, the pitching failed them in multiple ways. Kluber was not good again. Kluber he, was Kluber was not good. Looks like a guy who's working himself inning. back. He looks like a guy that's working himself back. He's so not even throwing all of his pitches. Again, so Kluber's working himself back at the major league level. Meanwhile. 
Meanwhile, they have a pitcher who hasn't given up a run at the major league level pitching in AAA. It's so stupid. It's And I don't I, even necessarily fault them for having Kluber work himself back at the major league level. But get Andrew Heaney off this roster. Put Luis Hill in there and let Kluber work through some things. But don't have also Andrew Heaney come. It's just, it's just baffling. It's just baffling. I don't know. I don't see how this bullpen is going to survive. I'm so worried about this bullpen. They need kids. They they absolutely need kids. They do. They need they need some some Utes from the AAA to come up from the Scranton Wilkesbury team to come up and and be a kick in the ass. They do. They're they're running out of bodies. The fact that Loiza goes out. I mean, I, I put this on on uh, on Twitter just looking at what that timeline is. Right. He said. They said 10 days minimum. No throwing 10 days. Yeah. So we're looking at best case scenario, two weeks of him yeah, not the throwing. The season. And he starts the end throwing. of the season when he's End of back. the year. He's going to be fighting back for the beginning of the playoffs. And maybe that's on purpose. Maybe they're they're waiting until that point to get the extra rest and understanding that the timeline. That's is still, if no setbacks happen. Right. No setbacks. And uh, when's the last time the Yankees had, had a rehabbing player not have setbacks? Well, this one, this one seems like it's really just like a rest thing, but I, they got to survive till the end of the year as well. Like that is not something that it's that no we can longer look beyond. a given it, three, five days ago. It was a given. They're going to be the number one wildcard spot. <laughs> now, now they're a half game. The Mariners won five in a row ish, right? The, the Toronto yeah. Blue Jays have won four in a row. They're on their, they're about to come in some, for four games the wood. against the Yankees. <laughs> so the Yankees are a half game up on Boston they're three and a half up on Seattle, and they're four and a half up on Toronto, four and a half up on Oakland. They still have three games left with Boston. They have seven games left with Toronto. I, I'm sorry. You have to survive. Like you said, you have to survive the rest of the season. And with the bullpen in the current state, I don't see how they're going to survive. It's not a good bullpen right now. You see that catch it, uh, from Stanton in right field? Yeah. Full body, and, and uh, he got, so he got up. <laughs> he gets up, and Judge says something to him, and I I replayed it because I was trying to figure out what Judge said to him. I'm like thirty percent sure Judge said, "Hope you're not hurt." <laughs> I mean, that's everybody's thought. Every if Aaron Judge thought that as well, that makes a lot of damn sense because <laughs> all of us. As soon as he hit the ground, I was like, "Oop, nice catch!" Yo, he better not be hurt. He better <laughs> not be hurt. I don't care if Stanton's playing. Stanton looks. Doesn't Stanton just look happier that he's playing the outfield? Yes. He look because I feel like he's like, finally, finally, I feel like I have some worth. I can do this. I'm a good outfielder. Not a great outfielder, but he's a good outfielder. He's, he plays the position just fine. And yeah, he's just more in the game. He's just more in the game. Like we're the rhythm of the game. You know, not having to go down into the uh, into the tunnel and take some swings and just feel dis. There's just a there's a very no nerd will ever tell you this. No no nobody can probably put a pin in what this actually looks like. But there's a rhythm of the game. There's a rhythm of the game when you're in and out of the dugout. You're talking to the guys. The pace of the game is there. You're just you're just in it. Your 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 mind is at a different place. And when you're a DH and not. He's he's not supposed to be a DH. I understand that some guys have gotten this down to a science and there and it works for them, but I just don't think it works for him. He needs that that pace of the game, that rhythm to get into it fully. Because I think he sees the ball better when when he's uh, when he's doing that and he's he's really into it and playing right field or playing anywhere in the outfield position. He he said playing the outfield 
helps take your mind off the at-bats. If you go 0 for 4, everyone's going to go 0 for 4. But if you go 0 for 4 as a DH, you just sit there thinking yeah. about your last over. Right. Even if you're out in right field and no balls hit to you, you're playing defense. Your mind is in the game focused on something else, and you're not just harping on your last over. Yeah. It's just a totally different mentality. And he even identified it. So You got to go out there and face the music, too. People are going to give you shit. At least they're at least it's over. It's happening at that point in real time. Like you gotta, you can't possibly think about all those little things when people are just in your ear and you have to play defense and you got to do all these things to be ready as a major league player in the game itself. But if you're in the clubhouse or if you're down in the tunnel taking swings, taking some dry swings, taking some wet swings, all you're thinking about is that last at bat and how you screwed it up and probably overcorrecting your mechanics and doing all these things. And I think that does get him in trouble. You're right. Now that I'm hearing you know, his comments and, and like how he mechanically is, sometimes he just looks like an absolute robot and he's hitting everything. Other times he looks like he's chopping at wood in his own head and can't hit a goddamn thing. And a lot of that probably is just over overcompensation or overcompensation for a problem that may not exist. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Uh, one other thing I wanted to mention was uh, the Gary Sanchez. So Araldis Chapman blows the the ninth inning um, on Saturday, and the inning started with Gary Sanchez. It, it was called a wild pitch on the strikeout. It was a borderline wild pitch pass ball in my mind. A better defensive catcher blocks that ball. However, that's how the inning started, and then it led to a, a run for the Orioles, and the Yankees lost. So another. Bad outing for Chapman overall, and a frankly a bad 
a bad look for Gary Sanchez, who came into that game pinch hitting for Higgy, didn't do anything while pinch hitting. At least Gary had the massive day on Sunday to sort of make up for that. The Yankees still didn't win the game. Um, I'm still putting it on Chapman, by the way, not not Gary Sanchez. Yeah, I mean, he he. it was a wild pitch, but... Even if you Chapman's, block it... Chapman's it's a, one it's, of the hardest... He's obviously one of the hardest pitchers in right. baseball to, to catch because he's not... He doesn't have great control and he has freaking nasty stuff, so... Boone's ejection on Sunday was interesting, and Cone was was talking about this because apparently they heard the conversation from the broadcast booth uh, between the umpire and and Boone, and the umpire asked him as Boone was barking at him. He said, "What are you going off of? Meaning, are you going off how the catcher received the ball, or are you going off of like a pitch box? Like, are you watching it on replay and, and like where the actual location was?" He kept asking, "What are you going off of?" And then the umpire said, I don't want to have an ongoing dialogue here. And Boone kept yelling at him. So, so Boone got tossed. But I, I found that – Cone found it interesting. And I found it interesting that the umpires are conscious of the fact that there's like different things that will tell you, okay, was it how the catcher received the ball? Was it where the dot on the, on the pitch box was on the television broadcast? Like what are you going off of to say that was a strike? It was a strike, but it was at the very top of the strike zone. Pitches at the top of the strike zone routinely get called balls. Like, probably more than any other pitches that are strikes, because, quote unquote. But, but at do we know why? Yeah, why? because it blocks, it, it, I think it blocks their view as well. Uh, I think it, I think it's actually the one of the harder. goes up to catch it? Yeah, it's hard. It's one of the harder strikes for an umpire to see who's behind them. It's, I think it's a, sometimes that, that adjustment can be, especially if they're setting up low and they have to move up and their bodies are moving up at the same time. It's it, your your eyes move. Umpire has to move a little bit. I think that's one of the hardest ones because of the sure human element. I'm sure. I'm is. not saying it for any umpire. I'm just saying for the human element. There's there's probably more movement in everybody. Gr- granted, this is slight movement, but when you're when you're talking about a ball coming 95, 100 miles per hour, then slight movement makes all the world all the difference. You know that why catchers are trying to bring those back into strikes. But yeah, I think those those ones up in the zone, especially if you're set if you're set low, um, they're 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 easily missed. Yeah, so so Boone gets run again. He seems like it happens once a week now. I think he said, yeah, he's uh, he's he's set his own record now for ejections. There was no no shot in the dugout of the guys smiling at him. I guess you only smile when your manager gets run during a thirteen game win streak. You don't do it when you're losing to the Orioles at home. Yeah, I mean, is this one of those ones where you're, you're like, <laughs> my guys are? Uh, I'm surprised there was no, you know, my guys are savages in the box against the Baltimore Orioles. You're not giving them a chance against the Baltimore yeah. Orioles. These guys are savages in the box against the Baltimore Orioles. It's kind of a like, okay, uh, I don't know. Well, that's all I got for the weekend. Just a, a lousy weekend of baseball, and uh, I, uh, I don't know what we're what to expect from this team going into the last three weeks of the season. I, I, I don't, I, I'm not confident anymore that they can secure a, a, a wild card spot at this point. I mean, of course you're not confident they can uh, secure a wild card spot after what they just did against the Baltimore Orioles. I think anybody who says that they're confident in that is, uh, is looking at a different team, but this next four, these next four games are insanely big. And I'm just looking at the matchups coming up. You got Ryu, uh, Today uh, against Tyone, because we're we're recording this on uh, what day is today? Monday. It's uh, Labor Day Monday morning. Uh, tomorrow is Cole going up against Mats, who's having a pretty good year. We miss Robbie Ray, correct? Because I think he pitched last night. Yeah. So that's something. The the guys struck out multiple, uh, I think, double digit strikeouts in the last in his last three starts. I mean, I how the how the 
How in Robbie Ray? The, how in the He's F- been in my offseason plans for like the last two years. How Come on. in the freaking hell is he in the Cy Young conversation? He threw he, he figured out how to throw strikes. This guy, this guy's one of his biggest problems while he was in Arizona and wherever else he was, he he's had strike throwing problems. When you can figure out how to throw the ball over the plate, usually your stuff plays well. And then we got Barrios for the last four. So these are not, you know, I know we're missing Ray, but these are not matchups that are uh you know that are that are easy matchups by any i know the yankees haven't played the blue jays in a while i think the last time they played them the blue jays were still playing in buffalo and the yankees swept them but that was i think they got a triple play in that series and some some wonky shit happened in that series in order for the yankees to sweep them but once again the whole the whole al east has been a difficult uh opponents for the yankees they just have not played played well against anyone in their division including baltimore this is a big start for Tyone today too, because you know we we've we we're talking about this in our last episode. The um, he has not been good over the last two. This is a big matchup against you know Ryu, who you could argue is he came over to be the 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 uh, the constant at the top of that rotation, and he's been good for for a long time. So you, they have a lot, a lot of confidence behind him. Obviously, this is a big game. This is a big game to start out the series after what just happened against the the Orioles. We need to see the Yankees turn the page and flip the script fast. Need to go back to the uh, that good scorched earth team. I don't know how you do that with a drop of a hat next day, day game uh, after you just got uh, taken uh, two of three at home against the Baltimore Orioles. I don't know how you do that. And Tyone just got to pitch very well today. But like bottom, yeah. Line. I mean, it's, uh, uh, the old cliche goes: it starts with the the guy on the mound. It starts with the starting pitcher. Because but if guess Tyon what? Has this a good start that that gives them some breathing room to. to ha- but if Tyon again can't get through the fifth inning, which he has been unable to do his last two starts out, how the how the heck are they going to get five innings out of this bullpen? This team, they have four wins in a row. This team, uh, the, well, I'm, I'm talking about the Baltimore, the Baltimore. I'm talking about the Toronto Blue Jays. They're a scary team right now. I've I've said they were a scary team since since uh, spring training, but right now. This this team scares the shit out of me a little. As I'm looking at this more, they they're scaring me even more because they have some. Uh, they got a chip on their shoulder, a little bit of a revenge from the the last series against the Yankees. The Yankees just got their asses kicked by the Blue Jays, basically taking a two of three. They're in a vulnerable position. This is a young team, a hungry team at at New York in the Bronx that wants to make a mark. Like these are the types of kids that that want to that want to embarrass you when possible. So. Not feeling good about that. I'm not feeling good about that. There's a lot of a uh, lot of a motivation for them. They're playing well. They see the Yankees in their sights. What are we up? Four games. Four and a half on on Toronto. A half. Four and a half on. with four to play. Like that. That. Well, no, they have another series. In I'm Toronto. saying in this four to play in this series. That's that's a that's a very clean thing to do when you're when you're when you're looking at the Blue Jays for some uh, yeah. bolt and board material. Yeah. All right. Little uh, little half episode on mem- no, not Memorial Day. I always Labor Day. Today's Labor Day. <laughs> Labor Day weekend. Labor Day Monday. Hope you guys are enjoying the holiday and the weekend. And Scott and I. So there's, it's a busy week for the Yankees. Just like you said, the four games, but also we have the Jeter Hall of Fame speech coming up this week. So you and I are going to do an episode after we hear that and react. I are you kind looking of forward have, to it? I am, and I kind of have high expectations for it full well knowing I'm going to be let down because Jeter's just going to be very like jittery 
I think in the, I don't think we're gonna get. He's, but anything. he's opened up more. He's definitely opened up more and started talking about you know certain things. So maybe this is a th- you know I think he started doing that with the Players Tribune when when that whole thing started. That was what the year after he retired, and and then uh, you know he's gotten he has kids now. So there's a lot more of emotions that are like swirling in this man's brain. We'll see how the composure has changed, and and how he can do it because this is gonna hit the nostalgia button really hard for everybody. There's gonna be a lot of people there watching him. You know supporting him and uh he's not gonna be able to do this by just like staring out not at a screen i know there's been a whole bunch of things right the the voicemails what he's gonna do i think is go back to the stories and then like turn it on people and that's how he gets through those moments rather than like all being him he'll turn it and he'll he'll talk about the impact and he'll talk about the the things that certain people did for him and then turn it into like a little bit of a story joke and then he'll deflect in that way he's gonna he's gonna have some He'll definitely have some self-deprecating uh, humor in in the speech. Over under time on the speech. What do you, what do you put? What's an average speech? I don't know what an average. I don't know. Speech. I'd like say what was Griffey's? Five minutes. I'd say five minutes. Is, I'd say is over probably, five minutes. I'd say over, go five, over minutes. five minutes. I, if it were if if I were to guess, it would be around ten. But I don't even know if I'm close. I think to the that might be long. That. I think that might be long. I feel like I had a long freaking career. Is, he had a long career. There's a lot of people going to say a lot of nice things about him. He's got a lot of people to thank. There's a lot of things that that went on. You know, the kid from Kalamazoo all the way through all those championships with the Yankees, and now he's started a a whole other, you know, baseball life uh, with with the Marlins. Like he's got a lot to so cover. Here, how much, if any, of the speech will have the Marlins in it? I think if, the, if anything, it will it will tie he'll tie it to just how baseball is continuing and how he learned everything from the Yankees organization and is applying that. I don't even think he'll say the name. I don't think I don't think he'll say the the name Florida Marlins just in his a, speech. A new organization or something. Uh, no, I think he'll just say it's in its it's influenced how I have continued my baseball career or something like that. Like he'll just like allude to it but not say it. Does he mention? He'll go back into the Yankee ways, like in, in he, like immediately. He obviously will thank George Steinbrenner, Joe Torre, um, probably Joe Girardi as well, uh, since he did win. A Stick Michael, I bet Stick Michael gets a shout here. Does Buck Showalter get a a mention? No. Uh, he'll mention obviously his teammates Posada, uh, Pettit, Mariano. Those are the core four. Uh, Bernie hopefully gets a gets a mention. Bernie's part of the core. Yes, he's part of the core. But he's not the core four. That was a uh, marketing thing. That that was a, a very Bernie Williams. Yeah. Why am I? Uh, why am I completely missing this guy's name? Uh, Steiner Sports. That was a that was a Steiner Sports thing. Who 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 marked them the core four? Does, they are the core five. I don't care what anybody says. Does a Rod get a mention? No. Very <laughs> strategically not. <laughs> So it's because it's like obviously the 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 glory days were without a rod and then the one chance. I think he's going to talk a lot about his parents. I think he's going to talk a lot about his parents. Definitely, definitely. Um, he may he may bring it back to the 2001 World Series and like in that moment, like just because the He'll emotions talk about are here and that's coming up, like getting drafted and stuff. Actually, if if you guys didn't listen, I did a, a history episode on how Jeter fell to the Yankees. At number five, not really, you know, falling, but like uh, he fell at number six, right? Because like it was called the Jeter Five, so I believe five players were taken ahead of Derek Jeter, and just like how that draft process went, I, I, go check that out. Um, we should probably uh, re-release some of the uh, re- the Jeter, the Jeter any, yeah, the Jeter, 
the Jeter centric uh, histories. All right, yeah. uh, we'll repost the Jeter one on Wednesday morning, the day of the speech. Um, that was the only Jeter centric one I think that I did. But uh, uh, yeah, I mean he'll he'll definitely thank all of those people. Yeah, I don't think A Rod gets a mention either. But it's um, interesting. Like, does he? He'll. I think he'll he'll talk about his five championships, maybe in general. Does he like? talk about specifics from those teams or anything i'm not sure i think the championships one or an opportunity to talk about the uh the, his teammates and all of those things coming up but i also think all of the postseason and the, and the moments and that's why i think potentially um there will be some discussion and maybe he'll he'll i don't know if he'll directly talk about it but i think with with because the uh, the anniversary, the 20 year anniversary of 9-11 is coming up. I, I think that there's going to be some type of mention around that World Series just because of the way that the, the fans in the city pull together. And I think it's he's going to talk about the fans uh, and, and how they were such an integral piece of him growing up through baseball. And, and they the fans really just embrace him from day one. So I think he's going to do some nods to that. Um, and talk about how the the fan base was was a big piece of this. So I think there's going to be the, those those pl- those postseason, the moments that bring up the postseason are going to be great moments to talk about the fans, great moments to talk about the teammates. So that's where I think he's going to talk about the five the championships. Lineup was just released for today. Gary Sanchez is no longer batting ninth, even though he got briefly demoted to the number nine spot for a couple games. Is Glaber right. playing? <clears throat> uh, yes, Glaber. Glaber's hitting seventh, starting at shortstop. It looks like Stanton's DHA. All right, that's going to do it for today. We'll be back at you with a couple more episodes this week. Talk to you then. Hey, guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.